Hello, it's another week. Men of the Prize podcast. I'm Harvey. How are you this week? You doing well? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're succeeding, maintaining, thriving. Hope you're kicking ass. And if you aren't yet, hope you know why and what it takes to get there. This week, my guest is a friend from the Bracket podcast that I've talked about, the Bracket Bastards. And there's Quentin. And it's another good conversation. It's just us men talking about life, getting into things. These are always enjoyable conversations. And I think we get better with time, with questions, with um, recognizing what we do and don't want to talk about, and just situations and such, and just opening up. So this was an enjoyable conversation. This week, I kind of want to talk about our circle, our friend group, our people around us. With this, we're talking about how we take care of ourselves, recognizing our emotions, understanding how we deal with things, understanding that however we want to deal with things, it's okay. It's okay for us to not be okay and for us to deal with situations however we see fit, to be emotional, to be non-emotional, cry, scream, yell, whatever. We're allowed to handle situations like anybody else. Being a man doesn't mean that we're devoid of emotions. It's all here and it's our job to stay sane. And to stay sane, we have to release this emotion. We can't just hold on to it. Can't just rub some dirt on it. We have to let it go. We don't get too much into that with this interview, but it's just something that I was thinking of when I knew I was gonna talk before this episode. So I hope this week you take some time and just consider who's around you, whether it be family, friends, stuff like that. If the people around you aren't helping you rise, then we need to consider if they're really the people that need to be around. If they're holding you back, maybe that's not your circle. At some point, we kind of outgrow people and we have to move on. So I want you to consider that you always look in the mirror and check yourself, make sure you're okay, but then always take a broader view. Who's around me? Are they helping me? Do I have issues? Did I have problems when I was with this person? Does this person stop me from getting past other issues? You always want to make sure that your circle is beneficial to you. You can have friends, but friends won't hold you back. They'll push you forward and be there with you. So that's something to consider. Quentin Bandy Street is my guest this week. Before I send you, here's the quote, because you know I like quotes. And here it is. Associate with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. And that's George Washington. So think about that. It's better to be by yourself than to be with bad people around you, people that will hold you back and pull you down into the abyss of a place that you don't want to be. So take a second, take a minute, and survey your surroundings where you are and who's there with you. Are they the reason you're there? Are they the reason that you haven't gotten out? Always consider yourself and the people around you. Our environment has a big part in whether we succeed or not. And a lot of times it's because we let it. So keep that in mind. Enjoy this week's episode. Thanks for watching. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the Men of the Prize podcast. It is number three, the final part of the trilogy. 
of the Bracket Bastards episode. Quentin Vanderstroot. Is that right? That is actually very close. That's closer than a lot of people actually get. I'm not going to lie. How, what but, I'm uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure if it was like a kind of an accent maybe, but like it, it's Vandy Stroot. Oh, it really is Van. Okay. I thought you kind of emphasized that on purpose when you announced it, but that's really, it's Vandy Stroot. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 I like that. That's a cool name. I like that. that that's yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's a Dutch name, Dutch last name. Okay. Yeah. You, you have to be an important man with a name like that. It's not Smith or something. It means something. It's, <laughs> it's not Smith that, or something. Exactly. It's big. I like it. So, First of all, thank you for uh, giving me some of your time and talking with me. I think this will be fun. Um, yeah. The way I start this pod with everybody who I've done it with is this. I am an expert in one thing, and that is being me. Being the kind of man I want to be, and I'm good at that. What this is, is an attempt for men to have conversations about struggles, life, ups, downs, ins, outs, just being able to release without any fear of reprisal, judgment, anything like that. Hopefully hearing these conversations will lead for our listeners to feel comfortable to do the same. And sometimes it may strum up something in your spirit that you didn't know was there. And if it leads to you needing to talk to somebody, find somebody to talk to. Friend, mentor, family member, a professional, somebody who's trained to do this. I can't diagnose, I can't help you. What I can do is just do this podcast with men and just show you that it's okay to have a tough day, to be emotional about anything, to struggle about anything. It's your job to take care of your mental health and find somebody to help you. So I hope all these talks help you lead to better mental health for yourself. But if you need help, don't be afraid to find somebody. All right, nothing to be ashamed of. And with that, Hugh, you ready to go? Let's run it. All right. So I start with this. I have a bio that everybody's already heard, but I always like to just throw it at you. If you could give me a 20-second quick bio about you, could you give me about one? About myself? Just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. All right. Well, uh, my name is Quentin Bandystrut. I am 31 years old. I have a wife and two kids, which I love with, you know, every bit of my heart, every, every, every ounce of me. Um, I would do anything for, you know, my family, most definitely. Um, I'm a Raiders fan. Love Las Vegas Raiders. Let's go. Um, football is about the only sport I really watch. Uh, when I was younger, I definitely played football. I was a starting middle linebacker. Um, I was varsity wrestling team. And, um, yeah, I mean, I lived in Oscars, Iowa. I was born in Santa Rosa, California, though. So I lived there for about seven years. Okay. All right. All right. Good start. Okay. So what we're doing is this. I kind of put together this mantra that I like. The word is prize. So I took the word and each of the letters represents something. Four of them represent, I think, good characteristics or discussions about what it takes to be a good man. The last letter in the mantra for me, I represents you after we talk about the first four. So that's what this conversation really is. So we're gonna start with the first letter, that is P, and the word is purpose, reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So Q, what is your purpose? Ooh, what is my purpose? See, now, like the thing with that is like, I've always kind of felt like 
I was made for more than just, you know, working, uh, you know, an everyday job like that in a factory or, you know, something like that. I've always felt like my purpose was to do more than that. However, uh, with, you know, me having a family and kids and stuff like that, uh, it'd be hard to pursue like my actual like thing that I feel like my purpose would be and which would be to like, you know, bring, you know, joy or entertainment to, you know, a wide variety of people like as such as like being like an actor for uh, you know per se right. uh, I feel like I'm very good at at acting uh, I can you know I'm, I'm just I feel like I'm really good at it I've been told I'm really really good at it you know by multiple people you know people that don't even know me um, so I mean it's just kind of it is what it is but um, without me pursuing that I, I feel like my purpose is just to you know be here for my wife and my kids and make sure that they grow up um they grow up doing the right things making you know right decisions or good decisions you know and keeping them off of a um you know wrong path i suppose okay yeah you know, um, don't let them make the mistakes i do i guess right. <laughs> no, no doubt being a good parent is making sure our kids end up being better than us i think so yeah. i definitely agree with you that did you ever do any acting in school? Did you like, were you part of the drama club? Did you do <laughs> our town? Did you do anything? Uh, no, the only thing I did uh, like acting wise was there was this, uh, there was this class that uh, it was called uh, like peer helping or people helping. Okay. Uh, I don't remember exactly which one it was in, but um, for this class, you can't just apply. Like, you can't just like want to get in it and then get into it. Um, for this class, you have to like uh, you get like a form basically from uh, the teacher of like the class and then you have to go around to three other teachers and they have to give you a good like basically like um, a good statement stating, you know, yes, he, yes, they deserve to be in this class because, you know, they are a good person, blah, 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 you know, like, you know, they're highly looked up to stuff like that. And um I mean, so I, I think that's kind of cool. Not everybody, not just anybody can be into the class because, you know, we're trying to actually like help people, you know, we go through, you know, suicides, we go through, you know, helping people through, you know, losses and, you know, every, just everything like that. Um, I do remember my senior year um, for the class, uh, we did a, um, a, uh, a mock car wreck. Okay. Basically it was, a, it was a thing over drunk driving. Okay. You know, like, you know, why, you know, you don't drink and drive type thing. And it was with our, uh, you know, uh, our fellow classmates and stuff like that. And uh, I was actually told by several people that I was one of the, like, so basically did in, in two different groups because the class was so big. And in the one group that I was in, uh, I was told that I was definitely one of the best actors. I sold it the most. Uh, I mean, like, I actually was able to like cry like real tears like you know I, I was dramatic but not like overly dramatic but like I sold it as if like I was actually in that accident okay you know and killed some of my friends and stuff like that because I was in the car that was you know people of you know that were drinking and driving okay you know what I mean so like that's about the only like real acting I've done more or less but like I said I've never actually like tried to pursue it uh basically due to me being, you know, a father of, you know, two and having a wife and stuff like that. I don't know how that would impact their lives. And I don't want to be away from them to do stuff like that. Okay. Well, that's, you know, even though it might be like a dream of mine, but my dream's also here with them. So, I mean, and that's a little more important, I feel. 
That's good. That's good. Um, I'm going to ask you a question kind of off of what you just said. Yeah. So you got two kids, yeah. uh, boy, girl, two girls, two boys. What do you got? I got one boy, one girl. Okay. Let's say your daughter okay. told you that she wanted to be an actor. That she wanted to be an actress? Yeah. She wanted uh, to be an actress. What, and what is, what's your advice? How do you get uh, her to follow her dream? What would you say to her? What what would I say to her to follow her dream? You know, I would uh, I tell her not to do what I did. Like, don't just kind of push it off and be like, ah, it'll, it'll never happen because you know you never actually know until you try. You know, and even though you fail once, you might try again. It might work. You know what I mean? Like, don't just give up on you know one you know like rejection or one failure. You know, like learn from it and keep going. Um, you know, take advice from people who actually you know like kind of know what they're talking about. You know, when it comes to acting, like you're like. Um, a drama teacher, for instance, you know, I feel like she has to have some sort of, you know, background to know what kind of how to act and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I would imagine anyways, um, you know, listen, you know, to, you know, teacher, like actually do drama, you know, like do everything that would give you acting experience, you know what I mean? Try out for plays, stuff like that. You know, I would go the whole nine, you know what I mean? Like you'll never know unless you try. That's good. That's good. I picked acting only because it's something that you, I think, given the opportunity, would be something that you'd reach out and you would try to do. So a good thing as a parent is to make sure we allow our kids the opportunity to kind of follow their dreams, whether it's something you like or not. And obviously, right. you'd be a parent doing that. So, But I still think you're young. You've got time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely uh, only 31. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it can definitely happen. And like I said, if, if I were to get some sort of, you know, like if I were to see some type of like ad or whatever for like tryouts or something like that, I might just give it a shot. I mean, worst case scenario, they tell me no. Best case scenario, you know, if I get the part, I'm sure, you know, me and my wife and kids will, will figure it all out on how to, you know, make that happen, you know, so that way we're not, you know, struggling enough like that. But I mean, being an actor, how are you going to struggle? How are you going to struggle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you work a little bit a year, you're rolling into cash, you're playing. Right, right. Playing Call of Duty all day, you know, it can't go wrong, right? Sounds yeah, right, right. Can't go wrong. <laughs> all right. So we continue. So we got your purpose. So the next letter in the word prize, the letters are the word is resilience. The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and or toughness. So within what you're willing to talk about, give us a situation, something in life where you were forced to or you discovered your resilience. Um, honestly, uh, when I started wrestling, uh, wrestling is a very, very, um, mental sport. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's obviously very, very physical as well, but it, there's a lot of mentality to it that people don't realize or don't see, you know, unless you're actually in the sport yourself. Cause I mean, uh, it may be only three minutes, you know, one minute periods, or, you know, if you're in high school, you know, two, like one, two minute period and, you know, one, two, and then two, uh, one minute periods, but so, I mean, you're only out on the mat for, give or take, five, six minutes, which doesn't seem very long. But constantly, you know, going, constantly working, you know, trying to outmaneuver your opponent, you know, taking shots, you know, doing all that takes a lot of energy. And, you know, there's a lot of pain involved in wrestling. You know, like, now, it's not necessarily intentional. It's just how the move is, you know what I mean? But, like, 
pain is part of the sport. Ne basically, it's necessary to make the other opponent give up. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in a lot of pain, a lot of people don't want to fight. You know, they'll just give up and be like, I'm done. You know, that hurts. I'm, you know, I can't do it. Um, and uh, when I went out for wrestling, that's when I discovered, you know, that, you know, like how resilient I, I can be, you know, because regardless of, you know, the pain, regardless of, you know, how tired you are, you push through it to win that match. And uh, I mean, I never was a state champion or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, an all-star, I guess. I mean, even though that's what my wrestling thing is. But, I mean, the reason why that's my uh, email is just because, well, I made the all-star team. But uh, beside the point, I wasn't no state champion. I wasn't even a state qualifier uh, any of the years. I mean, I was a varsity wrestler from 10th to 12th, and that's because uh, my <laughs> my um, – freshman year I was underneath my cousin who is a three-time state champion you know he's been doing wrestling since he could walk I'm not beating him for a varsity spot <laughs> so I mean uh, yeah I was under him my first year um, in high school but after that you know I was basically took you know his weight class and went the rest of the way with it um, but yeah no you have to be resilient when if, if you're going to be a wrestler or honestly play any sport really I mean Times are going to get tough in life, you know, in sports, and you just got to find a way to push through it and turn it around, you know, okay. do what you can. I, 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 was, I wanted to wrestle, and I went to one practice and realized immediately that I was not that guy because those workouts were insane. And I'm like, I'm not yeah. – I, I know my limits. I can't do it. I'm like, I appreciate – I respect you guys. No, I'm not that guy. They never saw me again. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I we used to do stair laps. Yeah. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, stop. Uh, yeah. We used to do stair laps, uh, you know, like, and by the stair laps, I mean, like, Buddy Carey stair laps. Coach always thought it'd be funny to stick me with the heavyweight. So that mean, are you just carrying somebody going up and down stairs? Is that essentially what you're doing? Yeah. Um, in, in our gym, uh, we had, uh, like, so we had the wrestling room and then like right outside the wrestling room to the left, there was um, like two flights of stairs that we'd go up for like the upper balcony for the bleachers. Then we had to run across that, go back down the other side and then just kind of do a you know, loop. And it was usually like 10 to 20 laps. And uh, yeah, I have, you know, a 240 pound dude on my back and I'm weighing like 160, 170. <laughs> <laughs> You are a better man than me. Oh, my God. So uh, I, I hated it. I hated it. He loved it, though, because I was like, him, you know, for him, you know, when I jumped on his back, he's just like, yeah, do, 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 you know, problem. I'm just like trying to get up the stairs, you know, like, damn, dog. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, see, obviously, we're wrestling. It's physically taxing. It's serious. Can you think of the mental strength that you gain from doing wrestling if there was anything in life? that strength that you used after you finished um, done how did that how did that mentally help you deal with your life after you moved on uh well during wrestling i kind of developed the uh the, the mentality to you know regardless of how tired you get or how much pain you're in you you keep going you keep pushing and um every time things kind of you know get rough and i feel like giving up i think of that you know mentality that you know 
I, you know, have had and I've gained in, uh, it keeps me going actually, you know, it's just like, you've been a wrestler, you've been through this, you know, like you, you've been more tired, you've been in way more pain, you, you know, you've wanted to give a way worse, keep going, you know, like it's, it's not that bad. Things will always get better eventually. That's good. That's a good positive way of looking at things. Yeah. So have you had the opportunity to kind of pass on that kind of mentality to your kids? Are they still too young for them to really appreciate that? I'll uh, say, say not, not yet. I wouldn't say, I mean, my, uh, my son, you know, he's the youngest of the two and he already shows an, an unrealistic amount of resilience. Like he's just, he just doesn't quit. Like you could take something away from him, you know, so he's not climbing on something. He'll find something different to stand on and, you know, go get it. He just does not give up for anything. Um, I think, my daughter is starting to kind of get that, especially now that she's in, you know, some sports like, like soccer, for instance, she plays soccer now and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I try to pass that on to her, you know, not in a, um, you know, strict, like, get, you know, get your ass back out there type of way, but in a more motivation, you know, type, you know, type of way, obviously, because, well, just yelling at her is not going to make her want to play. And I mean, I don't want to take the joy out of her sport by any means. That's good to hear. All right, so you covered resilience. We're going to skip the I. We'll save that to the end. But the next letter is Z. The word is zeal. And that is defined as enthusiastic devotion. So what are you enthusiastically devoted to? Uh, my family. I mean, um, like I said, I, I wouldn't do anything to, uh, you know, really lose them. You know, and if it came down to, you know, me, you know, picking something over my family. It's just, it's not, it's not happening. You know, my family always comes first in every regard. Um, that, you know, I'm, I'm also a devoted Raiders fan, you know, got to put that out there for sure. <laughs> and uh, so is my daughter actually, which is great. You know, like every, every football season, that's what we do on Sundays or Monday nights or Thursday nights. We sit down and we watch the Raiders game, you know, so that's kind of a nice little bonding thing her and I have. And, my son seems to be showing interest in football too. Every time it's on TV, he's always, you know, glued to the television and whatnot. So uh, that always kind of makes me proud too. You know, father. You know, hopefully my son will play football. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not really, I wouldn't say devoted to my job, but I still go every day, knowing that uh, you know I got to bring home a paycheck. You know, otherwise you know, what we have wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't make the most by any means, but my paycheck still helps. So, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I guess I'm devoted to going to my job to get a paycheck, but I'm not devoted to my job necessarily. <laughs> it's a difference. I understand that. Right, 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 right. As of, as of recording today, you just got a really good quarterback in your division. With this I did. Russell Simmons. It was Russell, Russell Wilson. So it's going to be real interesting what's going on. What do you think about that? Completely off the point. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, like I said, I don't think Carr's done too bad of a job. I mean, he hasn't had players really around him to do anything with. Mm -hmm. uh, the year that uh, they did, uh, he ended up, I think, breaking his leg first round of, like, right. playoffs or right before the playoffs, something like that. Um, and then for some reason the coach just – released all the good players that he had you know like um amari cooper like that was the main receiver gone um 
uh, the defensive player. I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. Uh, he was like the best like linebacker in the league. Yeah, they. Um, I know what you're talking about. They traded him to the Bears, right? I know. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Traded him off, and it's just like, what are what, what are we doing? Why are we getting rid of all of our players that we have something to do with? And then it's just like. Kind of, you know, did some like searching on that. I guess I looked up that they wanted to build a newer team right around Derek Carr, more or less. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, his contract was up. I think this year, I'm pretty sure, or next year, or something like that. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent on that, to be honest with you. I haven't really done much. I haven't done much looking in the off season, really. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Free agencies coming up. I mean, you guys have like maybe the second or third best tight end in football. So you got to start. Oh, there. yeah, so. yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And honestly, um, uh, when he got hurt, the walk on uh, Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. I remember picking him up on a bunch of my fantasy teams. So I freaking yeah. amazing. That guy came out of nowhere and just became the the new star of the team, pretty much. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, do I do I think we kind of got screwed over in the Bengals game? Yeah, maybe. Did that make, would that have made a difference though? Possibly not. Cause I mean, like I said, it was first, it was first half. Right. They got the touchdown that should have, shouldn't have been a touchdown because it got blown dead. The, the rest blew the whistle because they thought um, the quarterback for the Bengals stepped out of bounds and he didn't. So they blew it dead. It should have been a redo down. Would that have made the difference? Possibly, but possibly you not. You never know. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. There's always, you know, this upcoming year. So definitely be rooting for them. It'd be fun. All right, we'll ease back in. So the last letter in the word prize is E, and the word is expectation. Expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So here's a question. What do you expect for yourself? And in particular, where do you think you will be in one year, in five years, and in 10 years? Um, well, in, uh, in one year, I definitely see, um, see myself and, uh, my family out of this, uh, place that we're in and, um, in a house that we're actually buying for ourselves. Cause I mean, I think, um, was this March. So I think next month or the beginning of May, uh, we're going to try, try to begin the house loan, you know, to actually buy our own house and kind of get out of this place that we're in. Um, so Within a year, I definitely see myself in, uh, you know, a new place, um, hopefully with a new car. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's just, you know, down the road. Um, in five years, I definitely see myself at a new job. Um, not because, like I said, I, I don't hate the one that I'm at. Like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, like, I mean, granted, here recently I've been kind of put over here, over there, you know, over here. And I haven't actually been doing the job that I was hired for, unfortunately. Um, but that's just because of um, materials not being able to be shipped in. Uh, so if there's no materials in for, for me to do my actual job, which is assembly, then, well, I can't really assemble. So it's also a good thing that I know other multiple other jobs there at the, um, at the site because, well, she can put me, my boss can put me multiple places and knows that I'm going to still put in the effort and actually get done, get things done correctly and quickly. Um, my outlook on like the job is, 
even though you, even though you hate it, you got to be there. Right. You know, you have to be there. So while you're there, instead of hating it, just shut up and do your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just just do it because I mean you got to be there anyway. So you might as well do it correctly and efficiently. So then it looks better anyways, you know, for like raises and whatnot. Um, but I definitely see myself at a better job. The only re- the only uh, reason with that is just because uh, of the pay at the job that I have. It's not absolutely terrible, but it's not where I feel like I should be. I, I feel like I should be earning definitely a little bit more. And uh, the place that I'm at is kind of stingy when it comes to raises. Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that's, everywhere but I, I do know for sure this place exact this place for sure is 100 percent stingy uh there was a guy that actually quit there here recently he worked there for eight years probably did the most i would say like the hardest but the most ridiculous job there is to do there and granted it was like the whole like heart of the entire plant like he cuts um like center discs and end discs uh and like rims and stuff like that to be bent and all that stuff for pretty much the entire line down the way. And uh, the dude's been doing the job for eight years. I think he wanted another like 85 cents to give him like 20 bucks an hour. And they told him basically to screw off and go find another job. That's what he wanted. Eight year devotion. And also he never asked for a raise one time until this one time they basically told him, yeah, no, not doing it. So either be happy with what you're earning or go somewhere else so he went somewhere else good for him good for him yeah i, I mean i i don't i don't blame him 100 i mean i would have definitely done the same same damn thing because mm-hmm. i mean that's that's just ridiculous i mean you could have compromised a little bit or something you know i've been like eh, instead of this much how about we give you this much instead you know or something instead of just there's the door <laughs> but uh that's kind of how that is and then uh so that's definitely the plan within five years, definitely a whole whole new career, you know, starting there and stuff like that. Um, in 10, that's a long time away, you know, that's a whole decade. Um, I, I don't even plan my, myself the following day, let alone 10 years ahead. Damn. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a planner, you know what I mean? Like, I just kind of, I'm like more of a spur of the moment type of guy, you know what I mean? I just kind of whatever life throws, I mean, I just kind of go with it more or less, you know, or whatever kind of comes up, I just more or less go with it. Um, but 10 years, um, hopefully everything will kind of be settled, you know, almost like not exactly hundred percent debt free, but maybe mostly debt free, still probably going to be paying on, you know, our house obviously, because that's usually like a 20, 25 year, 30 you know, year, you know, loan that you're paying off. But, um, Hopefully, you know, I'll have a new car by the day. It'll be paid off. And I'm not one of those guys that once I pay off something, I'm going to sell it and go buy a new one and have more payments. To me, that's this. Why in the hell would you do that? You just wasted all this time paying off this car. So now you don't have to pay for it anymore. Now all you you do is pay insurance and registration. Mm -hmm. But instead, people sell it right away and go get another car, you know, more expensive car. And then are back to paying, you know, four or $500 car payment, you know, and, obviously depending on what you put down and what you buy, but still, you know, it's just like, I, I don't understand the point of that personally. Now, obviously my car is kind of crappy. Yeah, sure. Why not? But 
you take good of your if you take care of your vehicles they'll last you a while mm-hmm. that's true you know a long while it's just putting in the effort <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's important when you got kids you know then oh yeah you got a vehicle that works you know save that money because something's going to happen with your children at some point and you, oh you, most definitely, you know, most definitely. as opposed to a vehicle so that's a good way of looking at it um completely off the point do you consider yourself a loyal person a what person's are loyal person a loyal person i'd say i'm i'm, I'm pretty loyal um I mean, people usually seem to put a lot of trust in, like, like into me. Like, they, you know, people tell me things, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think trust and loyalty kind of go hand in hand almost. Uh, I guess it depends on what topic you're talking about necessarily, but either way, that still think they're pretty, pretty close to the same thing almost. I mean, there, obviously, there's a difference, but uh, yes, I do consider myself a um, a pretty loyal person. Yeah, okay. overall. Okay, so we've covered four of the letters in the word prize, and let's get to the last one, the letter I. So like I was mentioning for me, the purpose, the resilience, the expectation, and the zeal, I think are pretty good barometers of what it takes to be a good man. But what a good man to me is represents what the I is. To me, the I is who you are at your most basic, at your core. So what that means is, we take away all of the titles, all of the kind of shackles that are thrown upon us by society or life or whatever. So what I'm asking you is this, when you aren't a husband, a father, an employee, a best friend, a coach, anything, when all that stuff is put away and it's just you and nothing else, who are you? Um. Is gamer an answer, <laughs> or you say besides that? Whatever uh, you are, whatever. No, um, I am. I mean, uh, the best way I can really describe that is I'm. I'm just me. Um, I'm not a very like materialist, like a materialistic person. Like I don't have to have you know, freaking you know, four hundred dollars shoes, you know, a nice you know, you know, pants, you know, shirts, whatever like that. You know, if I have a shirt on my back you know, shorts, pants, you know, socks, and just some regular shoes that gave me, you know, to where I need to be, I'm happy, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm a very, very simple person, um, I don't live, you know, high lifestyle, you know, I don't, I don't do any of that, I'm not all about money by any means, you know, there's so much more things more important than money, uh, by far, you know, money helps, don't get me wrong, but it's not the most important thing, that's that's for damn sure and you know people that think that that is you know i i don't feel sorry for them but i think they got some priorities that they need to reshuffle personally um you know that but you know that that's for them to handle you know like i'm not i'm not here to judge anybody you know like if you think money's top of your list cool you know like i'm not going to preach to you nothing like that like that's not how i that's not how i am um but yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very simple person. I, I live a simple life, you know, nothing crazy, you know, or you know, over the top. Just living day to day. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for answering the questions on the mantra prize. I have three more questions to ask you, and then we'll come. All right. So the first question is. 
what do you what are you afraid of that you cannot control um i feel like the answer to that would be what most people would have the answer to and i mean uh i'm not trying to you know like fall with anybody or nothing like that but i'm saying like the only thing i i really don't have control about that i'm scared of really um is you know loss of like a family member or friend you know what i mean like i can't control that you know if they're sick you know or you know a, some freak accident whatever happens you know like that's not in my control like there's nothing i can do about that you know to change it or save them you know what i mean it just it is what it is you know um i remember you know like uh when when my grandfather died about what, a year two years ago something somewhere along those lines uh me my wife and a couple friends of mine well, my nephew actually, and then the friend of ours, we were all over here at my house playing Monopoly, and I got a call at one in the morning from my mom, which is abnormal. Like, my mom don't call people that late, you know, unless it's something important. Well, me being the person, you know, I was, being the jokester, I kind of am and stuff like that. I was just kind of messing around when I answered the phone. I was just like, who's dying? Or I was like, somebody better be dying or something like that. And then the next words out of my mom's mouth was, grandpa's gone. I was just like, Oh, like worst choice of wording I could have ever answered the phone. With. You know what I mean? And I don't ever answer the phone like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, regardless, I mean, I shouldn't anyways, regardless of you know situation. But it was just kind of one of the, one of those things. My mom always said, you know, if she's calling late at night, yeah. you know, something's wrong. You know, and as the older my mom has gotten, the more laid back she's kind of gotten on like you know the time span and the, like calling people and stuff like that. She's called me at midnight before just to ask me a question you know what I mean like nothing insane so like that's kind of what was going through my head when I saw that she was calling so I answered the phone with like you know kind of you know her old style you know like don't call past a certain time unless it's an emergency type thing just like who's dying grandpa's gone what like yeah that that was a hard time for for a lot of people I mean and I definitely, I mean, I don't know if my buddy Coulter will, will ever hear this or nothing like that, but I definitely want to uh, give a shout out to my buddy Coulter. Um, most friends would have kind of left, you know, like shortly after, you know, that kind of went on, you know, because obviously I was, you know, crying. My nephew was crying. My wife was crying. You know, it was just a bad deal for everybody. And um, I want to give props to my buddy because he stuck around and stayed there, you know, like with us through the entire basically through the entire night you know what I mean like so now most friends wouldn't have done that most friends would have probably been like hey I'll give you guys this time you know I'm gonna dip out but uh he chilled you know and stayed and you know was there to support you know and help and shit like that so I mean I definitely want to give a big shout out to him not a lot of we don't all have somebody like that in our lives in case something happened so obviously it's a big deal are you that kind of friend yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, if, um, you know, anybody needs a, you know, shoulder to, you know, to lean on or, you know, an ear to, you know, listen or, you know, just, yeah, I just need to come hang out, you know, you know, for a little while or whatever, kind of get away. You know, I'm definitely that person a hundred percent. Um, I mean, there was uh, a while back ago, there was this, uh, dude, I knew him for probably maybe a week, knew him for about a week. And, uh, him and his wife were going through a divorce. He had uh, 
or maybe girlfriend. I'm not sure. I think it was either girlfriend or wife, one or the other. But they were breaking up. He had an eight-year-old daughter. He had nowhere to go. And I talked to my wife about it, and we let him live here for probably about a month or so. And like I said, I barely knew the dude. I mean, obviously, talking to him and kind of working with him, stuff like that, I didn't get a, you know, weird or bad vibe because that had been kind of different. But, you know, I always felt he had good intentions. You know, I mean, that's kind of the vibe I got from him and stuff like that. And so, yeah, knowing him only a week, he moved into our house, you know, for probably about a month or so until he got back on his feet, found somebody different, and moved out. You know, I mean, I would do that for almost any, for actually not almost, I would do that for any of my friends or people that I call my friends. That's for sure. That's good. That's good. We don't, again, like I mentioned, we don't all have that. So that's good to hear. And with that, of course, I got to pass it with the wife first, but well, of course, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, you're in a partnership, no doubt about that. Right. Um, what, do, what are you afraid of that you can control? Um, honestly, there's really not. Like, I'll top my head when people ask me, like, what I'm scared of. Like, there's not a whole lot that I'm scared of outside of things that I can't really control. Because um, I'm, I'm always that type of person where, like, you know, if you have a fear, the only way to get over it is by facing it. So any fear that I've had, you know, any fear of, like, heights, you know, like, when I was younger, I used to be scared, of, you know, of heights and stuff like that. But my cousin Derek, you know, would always kind of push me, you know, you know, to, like, climb up a high areas, jump, you know, and shit like that, uh, you know, just – kind of get over that and i definitely got over you know fear heights i don't have fear heights at all anymore um i'm not claustrophobic you know like um i'm not scared of like really like any type of insect now granted that doesn't mean i want them crawling on my face or anything like that <laughs> don't get me wrong like i, I don't like, i'm not scared of spiders but i don't want one on my head right you know <laughs> but um you know you know stuff like that so i mean honestly the only thing I'm, I'm really scared of is not fearing things. And that's just because without fearing things, you are not nearly as cautious and you're more likely to do dumber shit and pay a consequence of, you know, being hurt or worse even, you know, because you're not scared. You know, being scared of stuff, you exercise caution. Not being scared of stuff, you don't exercise caution. You just do whatever because, well, you're not afraid of it. That's good. That's deep. I like that. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good comment. I have to really contemplate that. I applaud you. All right. So my last question, and you, this is something obviously that you're living with, but I would actually expound. Given the opportunity to give a boy growing up into a man advice about life, what advice would you give to a boy growing up? in today's world? Um, honestly, I mean, the, the only advice I, I can really give, you know, uh, you know, a boy growing up in, in this, in this kind of world is, is just, just be yourself really. I mean, don't care so much about what everybody thinks. Cause if, to me, if you care about what everybody thinks or, you know, what everybody might think, you're not going to be able to reach full potential. 
because you know oh you know like what if i fail and everyone thinks you know i'm stupid or whatever who cares who cares as long as you know you have you know support of you know family or some friends who cares what a stranger thinks really i mean i've made myself look like a fool plenty of times but i either did it you know out of accident you know which happens a lot actually but or uh you know i do it you know just to make people laugh and you know i don't care if there's other people around looking you know watching me being like the hell is that dude doing you know i don't i don't care like that's just you know how i am like if i if i, if I don't know you your opinion has zero value to me you know now obviously i care about what my wife thinks about me you know or my kids think about me you know I, i'd be devastated if, you know both my kids came down and was like i hate you dad like and actually meant it you know instead of just out of anger like that would kill me you know what I mean? Like, obviously, I'm not doing my job as a father. Then. I'm doing something completely wrong, you know, or, you know, if, you know, my parents were, you know, like disowned me or shunned me or something like that. You know, like my parents have always had my back. So, I mean, that would I'd have to do something tremendously bad to get them to do that. And even then, I, I still don't think they would even, you know, they might be disappointed and very upset with me. But I don't think they'd ever get to the point where they just be like, you're not my son. anymore. But if it did get to there, yeah, that would kill me. Now, if a stranger I didn't even know was just like, you're a douche, I'd be like, cool. <laughs> Got anything else to say? Like, don't care, man. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's just kind of how, how that is, you know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, the, the advice I would have is just be yourself and don't be afraid of what people might think. You know, look, look at the positive and be like, uh, you know, don't look at it as what if you fail, but what if you succeed? Mm-hmm. Look at things that way. That's good. That's really good. All right. So thank you for answering all those questions. I appreciate you being open and talking about that and talking about things in general. And with that, the next question is for the audience, for the people listening, how do we know each other? (laughs) How do we know each other? Well, uh, honestly enough, uh, we only know each other um, strictly through... um, the podcast that we're both in uh called bracket bastards um without bracket bastards i would have never known this great guy harvey you know uh never would have known him and uh honestly that not knowing you would kind of suck you know especially after i got to know you and stuff you know i think you're real cool you're really cool guy you know you're really down to earth um you know you you're special man you're special (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. I you know, appreciate it. <laughs> you know, so I mean, uh, that's how we know each other. And honestly, I kind of asked Freddie how he knew you and Jeremy, because, you know, you're you live in what, Florida. Jeremy's <laughs> in Massachusetts, I believe. Uh, I asked Freddie, um, you know, uh, Freddie and I know each other from work. Right. Um, right. So uh, but I asked him, I was like, how do you know Harvey and Jeremy, by the way? I was like, how did you like the were they like past co-workers that moved away or, you know, friends or what? And he was just like, no, nah. he goes, actually, they joined uh, the page on Facebook, uh, the, the bracology page. Right. He goes, and we just kind of got to talk and stuff like that. And that, that's how I know them. And I was like, interesting. That's, you know, honestly, I feel like nowadays a lot of, a lot of friends are made through social media or online, you know, some sort, you know, like I got some friends on on Call of Duty that I play with daily almost. And I know them almost as much, almost as well as I know my own family, you know, just from, you know, talking and, you know, kind of bullshit 
shit and playing stuff like that. You know, you, you get into conversations. It may not be even about the game. You're just having a full blown conversation while you're sitting there shooting people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it is what it is. You know, we have fun. We, we have a good time and stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of friends are actually made nowadays is, is online, which in a way is kind of cool, but almost kind of sad. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, we're not out. We're not socializing you know physically as much whether right, it's right. covid or just now with games are so advanced and it's so much more fun to just sit and play all day that the the need to go and socialize is kind of gone so right 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 definitely happened um but i will agree with you this podcast that we do bracket bastards it's fun because it's just us talking about stuff and voting in a useless kind of come thing that we do and it's just fun and we have great chemistry and while I've never met you in person, I consider you a really good friend too. Between you yeah, and your wife right. and Freddie and Jeremy and I guess Jamie at some point, we have a lot of fun in this podcast, and which is why I'm like, I wanted to talk to the guys and do this podcast. So I, again, I appreciate you jumping on here and talking to me about this stuff. Um, I appreciate the invite. Oh, sure. of course. No problem. And this completes the, you know, the trilogy. So, you know, you know, save the best for last, <laughs> you know. We talk about life and stuff. And then this weekend, at some point, we're going to talk about just randomness, you know, based on whatever this episode drops, we'll be talking about something random and fun and we'll have fun talking about stuff. But um, right, right. Yeah. Not yeah. I basically, Freddie was like, I'm thinking of doing a podcast for this would be interested. And I'm like, I love podcasts. And it's talking about useless stuff, which is perfect because I have all this information that I have no need for, which means I can just <laughs> throw it out in a podcast. I'm like, I'm down. And My brother always said he was a walking encyclopedia of worthless shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm that like dude. He, he has he knows so much shit, but it has no relevance to anything ever. Exactly. But if it ever comes up, he knows about it. Yeah, won't get me a job <laughs> or anything. It'll just like wow, I can't believe you know that. That's pretty much as far as it goes for me. It's just stuff that I don't I don't know how I know it. I just do. So it's fun stuff there. Knowledge is power. Yeah. So with that. How can people find you if they want to talk to you? Where are you on the social media landscape? Well, as of right now, I am only on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitch every now and then. Normally on Twitch, I don't do any type of like um, personal views or anything like that. It's just usually my gameplay of uh, Call of Duty, which honestly, I need to get back on that. I haven't been doing that here recently. But uh, you can find me on Facebook as uh, Quentin Bandystrew. Um, You can find me on Twitch as... Uh, Bonesaw streaming. I do still get on there every now and then to see if I have any messages or anybody's, you know, trying to get a hold of me by any means because I that's actually how I used to get a hold of somebody to play online with. So um so I, I do still get on that. Uh I do plan on having a uh Instagram uh eventually. I just gotta get on that actually instead of procrastinating it. <laughs> and uh, I'll probably end up having like a uh Twitter, Twitch, or something like that, too, you know, just to basically get stuff out there a little bit more, you know, get me out there a little bit more, make me a little more reachable, I suppose. Okay, that's good. So all of your information I will put in the episode notes if anybody wants to reach you or if they want to do a podcast, that'll be there, too. So I end each of these episodes with quotes because I like quotes. And the reason I like quotes because I feel like we in life go through things and then something deep comes to us and we put it down 
on paper so that other people can understand how we felt and maybe how we can handle experiences. So it's been fun because when I know I'm talking to people, I'm trying to look for a, a quote or something that catches my eye. I'm like, that fits this person or that fits that person. And it doesn't always work, but. I'm almost kind of wondering what you uh, thought fits me. <laughs> this, and here's the quote. And again, it doesn't even, sometimes I honestly don't feel like it always fits people, but it just speaks to me about them. But here's the quote I found. We all have two enemies. One stands in front of you. The other lives inside of you. Once you conquer the enemy inside, the one in front of you doesn't matter. So love it. I just think it's interesting and it fits. I think it fits men in general because this is a podcast for men. But I, for some reason, and I know a little bit more about you than we talked about on this podcast, but I think for life, for struggles, issues, whatever, a lot of times we are our worst enemy. And when we figure ourselves out, when we figure what we're going through and we finish it off and beat it, nothing can really stop you. A lot of the times we're the wall that we're trying to knock down. And when you knock that wall down, you can only, then there's no, there's no stopping you. So I feel like that's what it was for me. I like that quote. I like it for me, but I like it for you too. So yeah, hopefully it means I, something. I, I definitely, uh, definitely love that quote. I mean, um, you know, I, everybody's got internal battles everybody at any point you know in life you know your life can be going 100 percent the way you want it you still have some type of inner battle that you're dealing with somewhere somehow you know so i mean i i 100 agree with that if you can you know defeat the demon inside the one outside doesn't matter anymore it's you know it basically just vanishes with it exactly you, know, you, you gotta like yourself before anybody else can like you and that's essentially the point of this podcast is that i want men to like themselves and it's hard to do that because that means you got to like everything. You got to like the good, the bad, the struggles, the crap that you did in the past. Struggle's yes. real. The struggle, the stuff that you still, that still comes up and bites you in the ass every once in a while. You still got to be able to handle that. I deal with that all the time. We all do, but I'm glad that we got to talk about it. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of like having, you know, an addiction and, you know, being, you know, being sober. You still always have that in the back of your mind, like, eh, maybe for old time's sake. Right. But it takes that, you know, that willpower, you know, and, you know, beating that inner demon to be like, nah, I'm sober, I'm better for it, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, now, granted, sometimes it takes, you know, longer, you know, takes people longer than, you know, than other people, obviously, to, you know, conquer that. But I think everybody can, personally. You know what I mean? If you're doing something that you feel like, you know, you're not, you're not happy with necessarily, but you know, you're kind of more or less addicted to it and you can't really get over it. You can, you can hundred percent. I've seen people do it. I've done it myself. You know, it's possible. Don't give up, man. Damn right. Damn right. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you to the listeners at the men of the prize podcast. Thanks for giving me some of your time. This is the podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. I hope you enjoyed listening to me and Q chop it up. I will see you next week. Have a good one.